Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are two market girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog, and this is our podcast where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog, some vegan news, and we like to talk about our favorite food content. So sometimes that includes movies, which is today's episode. We're going to be talking about a food-themed movie that Kat really likes and I watched for the very first time. Yeah, so this is actually kind of a fun one because like I've se- I've seen this, I don't know when I first saw it, years and years and years ago. Um, but you've seen it for the first time, so it's so much fun. We get yeah. like we get like both perspectives. I finally got to see what all the hype was about because I've heard you talk about it. The movie is Chocolat. <laughs> is that how you say it? Chocolat? Yeah, I would assume so. It's uh, set in France. So, you As know. opposed to, I think I first saw this probably in like early high school. Um, and uh, I would call it chocolate all the time. And I was like, I don't have a French accent. Why am I pronouncing it the other way? But not anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, some of the accents in this movie and just the way they talk sometimes, they just sound so much cooler than me. Yeah. Um, So it's a movie about a woman and her daughter who move to a very conservative village in France, and she opens a chocolate shop during Lent. Mm -hmm. And so the villagers are not too keen on this, but uh, it's about how, how that goes. Yeah, for those of you that don't know what Lent is, I also, like, as someone who grew up catholic i still don't really know what lent is but it's like basically a period i don't know any significance to it don't ask me that but it's basically a point in time before easter i think it's like 40 something days or whatever Mm -hmm. before easter where you choose to like give up something or you like give up a bunch of things basically to like i don't know sacrifice something i don't really okay i don't really know the meaning of it even as someone who grew up like with lent have no idea what the meaning is but that's kind of the idea of it you're giving up like these like indulgences in your life and stuff like that yeah so for a lot of them i guess that might include sweets or chocolate depending Mm -hmm. how specific they get yeah okay so i was also reading some reviews and like analysis of these this film okay and i came across one that i agree with so much that i feel like i needed to share okay And I feel like I didn't really realize why I liked this film so much, but it makes sense what somebody else wrote it. And I'm like, oh my God, baby, that's why I love this film so much, other than it's just a good film. (laughs) Is that this movie has so many underlying feminist messages to it, and I love it so much. Yes. Like, Vian, who's the main character of the film, the mother, is like truly a feminist icon. (laughs) Honestly, she's like... Just this strong, independent woman. Who doesn't like, like, she's raising her daughter as a single mom. And, like, it's really made no fuss about other than by one person in the film. But, like, it's made no fuss about. Like, she doesn't, like, at no point in the film does she wish she had a partner or anything like that. Like, it's just, she's just her and her daughter. Yeah. And this movie is, like, 21 years old. Yeah. And to see, like, a single mom character be normalized and be presented that way i was like holy heck why are not more people not talking about a character like this yeah we need more representation of women in roles like this too yeah and i will say when i like kind of like when i started looking into more of the like feminist kind of underlying messages to this film i was like oh this film has to be directed by a woman it wasn't it was directed Hmm. by a man which i was so shocked by so like 
thank you a little bit for like <laughs> portraying women better than most men do. Yeah. And one thing that I also wanted to mention, I actually learned about this recently. I watched a documentary about women in Hollywood and women in films from Gina Davis. Um, she basically did like this whole research thing into um, women's representation in children's media great documentary if you haven't seen it go watch it but one of the things i learned about in that documentary is there's something called the bechdel test i yes. might not be pronouncing it correctly but it's basically a test that is was created in the 80s uh that sheds a light on the reflection of the patriarchy in film and how women are represented and basically there's like three simple questions that they ask about every film and they give a film a pass or a fail if it doesn't have one of the three questions it automatically fails so it needs to have all of the three things and the three things are are there two or more where's are there two or more female characters who actually have a name they're not like some random person in the background uh, do they talk to each other? And then do, do they talk to each other some, about something other than a man? Mm-hmm. Um, so just to give in some context, there's still movies released in 2021 that don't pass this test, which is amazing to me. Some of my favorite films, unfortunately, don't pass this test. Like, I was looking at the list of things that don't. There's like, The Newest Conjuring doesn't pass the test, apparently. Uh, Mortal Kombat doesn't pass the test. That Tenant didn't pass the test. Like, there's so many huge films that still don't pass this test. Technically speaking, this one was a little... People were arguing that it did technically, but Spider-Man Far From Home is kind of like on the line of almost not passing the test. There's like two female characters that technically have a name, but like everybody in the comments were like, oh yeah, it's Ned's girlfriend. And like, no one remembers her name. Well, then that's not great. (laughs) And like they talk to each other like once or twice about like homework or the trip and like that's it. So like it's kind of like on the line so like there's some big films that don't pass this test unfortunately but chocolate passes it with flying colors well i mean there's a lot of good female characters throughout it actually so many amazing female characters in this film but yeah so i wanted to kind of give that kind of intro to this film because i think so much of what we're going to talk about is the strong women in this film and the feminist message in this film Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't expecting it to be on so many levels, you know? Like, I knew when we talked about it, it's probably not as food-centric as some of the other movies that we've watched. You still get, you know, the chocolate. But you still get a couple so... food montages. Yeah, but there's just so many other lessons and messages throughout that make it, by the end, you're like, wow, that was a really good story. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I wanted to open up with that just so there was some, like, general idea to this film. Okay, I like it. So let's get into the film then. Yeah. So it it starts with the opening scene. You just see the town and everyone is at church for their sacred worship. And then you see Vienne and Anouk, who is her daughter, arriving in the town and moving into... They've basically rented the patisserie and the apartment above it. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is right when Lent is, like, starting, right at the beginning. They just had their, like, Lent service. (laughs) Don't know (laughs) if that's what it's called. Um, But I think this opening scene kind of sets the tone for the town that this is set in because they talk about, like, there's there's a narration over the opening scene. And they talk about how in this town you know your place, you know what's expected of you. Like, there's just these, like, unspoken... And sometimes spoken rules about like your contribution to the town, what you can do and what you, and more importantly, what you can't do. (laughs) 
Yes, running theme of the movie. Yes. And then the next scene is the mayor coming by to welcome them. <laughs> Quotes welcome. Yeah. Interesting <laughs> way to welcome somebody and discuss that they don't don't go to church. Yeah. One of my favorite points of the film. Yeah. Where he like invites them to mass and she's like, Oh no, we don't we don't attend. And it's like, Yes. <laughs> right? She just she just says it like pretty plainly, like no no argument, no, no debate, just like, Yeah, it's just a fact. We just don't go. Yeah. And he says that it's open it's interesting that she's opening a patisserie during Lent. And then all she says is, oh, it's not going to be a patisserie. Also, I really like the part he calls her madame uh, because he assumes she's been married because she has a child. Um, and she just corrects him without any kind of thought. Mademoiselle, never been married. Love it. I know. Even that, I was like, oh, there, and there's a difference in how you should be addressed. And she just like flat out asks and corrects for that you know yeah well it's like ms and mrs and miss right yeah it's like the french version of it which really is also silly anyway probably the original version of it it was probably a <laughs> french thing first <laughs> we kind of get this opening image that clearly she's not gonna fit in like clearly she already doesn't meet the expectations of her <laughs> mm-hmm. so we kind of we see her character and her personality, even just in that scene and in any moments you get after that of her like starting to open up the shop or clean it up anyways. And then we also have this contrasting scene after that of the mayor mm-hmm. in his office or wherever. And he's presented as this hardworking, you know, he's very modest. He's all about the self-discipline. And there's that moment where he just like looks over at this croissant that's sitting on his desk and then just looks away but doesn't he he puts his wife's photo in front of it right just that's that point look at it yeah. yeah so like he doesn't have as control he's not as controlled and as 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 he likes to portray himself as mm-hmm. but also that it's so important for him that he can't even indulge in something like a croissant yeah which like I just, wow it made me so sad right away <laughs> it really did. i'm so sad for this man <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah more things will make you sad for this man throughout this film too <laughs> but also not sad and just mad yeah but sad it's just conflicting yeah yeah yeah. but then you get a nice like montage of shop preparation yeah which like the place was very run down yeah and it's so cute afterwards i loved I, it i mean obviously it's movie magic but like it Damn, how did she do all that? And like another thing that's like, I feel like a little thing that might go overlooked is that she did it all herself. Yeah. There was no one helping her. She cleaned, she painted murals on the wall. Like she did so many things herself. She kind of, yeah, It. she comes into the movie and into this town as this woman who can kind of just do everything for herself. Mm-hmm and isn't reliant on anybody and you just you see that as she's setting up the shop i think that's a really good way of portraying that character trait about her and yeah i don't know again just love that about that character yeah so it's a very quick montage of like they don't really like drag out the opening of the shop the shop is open within like 30 seconds (laughs) yeah of the montage um and the first customers are hesitant of course something new Mm -hmm. yeah everyone around the town is kind of like watching as she's cleaning and opening and wondering what's going on yeah and you also so you start to i feel like as soon as the shop opens you start to 
get a better idea of who Vianne is and like her story a little bit more other than like this badass feminist icon <laughs> you you get an idea of like her personality yeah which so caroline we're introduced to this character caroline and her son luke so um she asked if they want to have some hot chocolate from a 2000 year old recipe Mm-hmm. which yes please i know right <laughs> but they cannot because it's lent they're not eating sweets or chocolates um, and then you kind of see other people come into the shop, I think. And that's when Vien spins this wheel, or this plate, and you get people to look at it and ask them what they see. Yeah. So it's one of those like psychological tests where what use, everyone sees something different. And she uses this kind of to help guess people's favorite chocolate, which I love this little extra bit of the film where she just guesses people's favorites <laughs> yeah it's this running thing that she's just very good at which i think further highlights another character trait of her, her that she is she's kind of somebody that just gets people and gets them in ways that they don't even know yet truly yeah which is a character trait that i'm so envious of the person who can just like get along with people and I don't know, reach them in ways that no one else can. And she does it with such ease. Yeah. That you're just like, how are you just so warm and welcoming, but still like this strong character? Right. Especially like, I mean, maybe she doesn't see it at first, but like she's already had this kind of, I mean, kind of crappy experience with the mayor of the town. And then she's still just this like such a welcoming, warm person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think she... Maybe it's optimism. She just believes that she will be able to get through to people or that she believes in what she's doing there. Yes, yes. I think that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. But she she has this one customer, she guesses, uh, it's like a spicy chocolate. I can't remember what they're called. They're like something triangles. Yeah. And then she, the, the saddest kind of line where she was like, can you put a ribbon on it? You know, I'll pretend they're from my husband. I was like, wow, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. Like that's like you kind of start to learn more again about the town, the kind of patriarchy of the town a little bit more through some smaller customer interactions and things like that in the beginning parts of the film. And that's one of them that I'm just like, wow, that is so depressing. Yeah. Like one, your husband, you shouldn't have to buy chocolate and pretend they're from your husband because either he should buy them for you or you could just buy chocolate for yourself. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Vienne also gives uh, her some, I think they're like cacao nibs or something like that, uh, to the customer free of charge to help awaken her husband's passion, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> and it's not even that like the woman says much beyond the fact that I'll just, can you put a ribbon on it so that it's like it's from my husband. And just from that moment, Vienne's like, hmm, maybe I can help out with something here. Yeah. And I just kind of love that, like, I, I mean, more than just more than just this way, but one of the ways that I think Vienne really connects with people is through food. Like, she makes that kind of initial connection through food and through the chocolate she makes. And I just, I feel like that's just such a normal part of life that it goes overlooked. But when it's, like, actually played out in front of you, you're like, oh, right. Food has this such strong magnetism to it that you can, like, form relationships over food. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I like how, 
after that scene, you have the contrast because you had that woman back in her house, right? Yes. (laughs) And she looks, she picks up those chocolate or those cacao nibs and looks at them and just feels like it was pathetic for her to believe that anything like that, because you can see her husband in the background just like asleep on the couch, like not doing anything. And so she just feels kind of pathetic that she believed that these things would do anything. So she tries to throw them out. They just fall on the ground classic movie moment yeah yeah and then (laughs) setting it up oh what do we have the husband wakes up from his nap snacking looking for snacks walks into the kitchen and sees these on the floor eats one eats a bunch and then goes and finds the wife finds his wife we don't know how much time has passed we don't know how quickly this cacao nibs work but like you like i always wonder like i'm trying to figure out what the movie's implying is it actual like because, like, you, you, throughout the film, you start learning more about Vienne's story and her family story and all that kind of stuff. But, like, is it, like, a property in chocolate that actually awakens passion? Or is it just this chocolate is so good? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either, but it looked... E- you know what? Either way, I want some. Yes. But, yeah, they, they have sex. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. powerful chocolate. It's very powerful chocolate. <laughs> It's like uh, early days Via- Viagra. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's all natural, yeah. though. Oh, by the way, this takes place in 1959 for anyone wondering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I think this is like the first instance where you see that Vienne has pro- obviously, I'm going to assume, won over a customer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the next scene, we see Josephine come into the store, which is... Um, you come to learn another one of the like major characters of the film. Yeah, yeah. You saw kind of little hints of her in church service earlier, and she might have been uh, pickpocketing a little bit. And so she comes into the shop, and she does sneak a little chocolate herself. But then when Vienne enters, she also offers her the same chocolate. chocolate. Yeah, yeah, she knew. It's her favorite. She always knows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she she doesn't take it. She just kind of nervously scurries out. She leaves mumbling. Yes. Yeah. She you kind of get this picture that she's kind of like not used to human contact or like she doesn't really know how to talk to people. She gets nervous. Yeah. Or just scared all the time that she's going to do something wrong. And that's why she's being quiet and r- running away like that. And then we get another taste of the mayor and his uh very strong resistance uh, he... his dedication to lent yeah so i guess um his housekeeper or the woman who takes care of the house with him places some bread and jam on his desk and then which like i wanted to eat yeah right like i was like i wish some but that uh, why haven't i not eaten that as a snack before uh, yeah so at first he kind of acts like he doesn't want her to bring it. And then she's like, well, you have to eat something. What are you going to eat? Yeah. So we assume he's just been like fasting, which is like, oh, my gosh, for 40 yeah. something days. It must be some kind of fast. And then you only eat very strict items. Yeah. I'm going to assume one of the things in, again, I have no idea what Lent is, but like maybe jesus fasted or something like that Mm. and maybe it's like a part of like you fast as much as you can as a way to like show respect but again i do not know i don't know either but he he still he says now just leave it 
on the desk anyways. And then she leaves the room and he looks at it and then he picks up the jar of jam and just kind of inhales the smell. Which like, I think we've all been there. (laughs) Yeah. But then he just like, that's all he'll give himself. Yeah. Which is like also so sad. Like on one hand, like you really... You really dislike this character. I'm going to be honest. I just obviously for most of this film, you dislike this character. Mm-hmm. But like there's moments like that where you also kind of pity the character because you're like, he's so dedicated to this thing that like he clearly it's clearly a struggle. It's not easy for him to fast and leave out certain things. And nor do I know if it should be. I don't know. But like he clearly struggles with things throughout the film. Yeah. And it's just like, why are you living your life this way? Mm-hmm. It's I so know. sad. Yeah. So there's like uh, three older women looking at the new, the window that Vienne has set up at her chocolate shop. And then you see an older man come by with his dog and the dog sniffs her leg. And then you kind of get this like little cute flirty moment between the two of them. Clearly they like each other. Yeah. And Vienne like picks up on that. Immediately. Yeah. She's all, she's like notices all of these little things and knows that they all have meaning. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so the dog uh, always, always wants to go in places, it seems. <laughs> the yeah. dog, like, drags. Uh, I feel like his name is Guliam or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, drags him into the... Uh, or no, he she's he's, like, at the doorway and Vienne invites him in and, like, gives the dog, like, a little biscuit. She's a dog biscuit. And suggests buying some chocolate for his lady friend. Mm-hmm. Um, he obviously says no because she is a widow and in mourning even though we find out her husband died uh he was in the war in 1917 she said he said yeah yeah and it's 1959 currently yeah so like you start to again another understanding more of the rules and expectations of this town (laughs) yeah so he doesn't buy any chocolate no we have the scenes like at the hairdresser when people are just gossiping about the chocolatery Chocolate. Yeah. Chocolatry? Chocolatry? Is that it? I don't know. We're, we probably have a terrible French accent. Okay, let's just I apologize to all of our French <laughs> listeners. <laughs> and then you also get that little scene with the, is he called a pastor? or Pastor or a priest? Or, or a priest. I don't know, like, in which, I don't really know technically what sector of Christianity this town is in. Yeah. And they all kind of have different names. But, like, you know. The guy that leads all of the church services. <laughs> yeah. And like the confessions. Yeah. Those things. So you get, he's he's young and he's new to this job in the town. And you get this scene where he's singing Elvis. Yes. And the mayor catches him. Yeah. And like shames him. Like he's been there, what? It says, you find out he's been there two weeks. Five, five weeks. weeks. Yeah. And his pre- the previous priest or pastor... Uh, had been there five, 50 years or something like that. So this is like a lifetime commitment in one place. You're here. And he basically like shames him a little bit for liking American music. Yeah, no funny business here. No joy here. And the mayor also brings up the chocolate shop and says, you know, have you been down there? Have you taken a look? Because it's important to know one's enemy. Oh. Which like, dang. <laughs> Some harsh words about chocolate. He's so evil. Yeah. Okay. I was going to talk about Judy Dench. Yeah. I love Judy Dench's character. Armande? Armand? Armand. She's such a good character. She is. So she's actually the landlady of 
the shop and the apartment that Vian is renting. So finally, she comes by to check it out, and Vian offers her some hot chocolate, but she said, and so she goes to pour it, and then she sprinkles in something, and Armand goes, your cinnamon looks rancid. <laughs> yeah. And Vian's like, oh, it's not cinnamon, it's chili pepper. It's a special chili pepper. And so she serves it to her, and... She's kind of speechless. Yeah, she just said she can't describe the taste, but you can see that she's just really enjoying it. She's like, I can't... She's questioning it, but she looks very happy. Yeah, and it's like the first character that you're introduced from this town who lives in this little village that is truly just like, not like everybody else. You know, she, she's like, she tried the chocolate really without hesitation at all. She enjoyed the chocolate thoroughly and all this stuff. So, like, you, you kind of get the glimpse about who Armand is to this village. Yeah, because you still get the sense that she, at first anyways, she's presented as a standoff char- character, which, like, everyone is being standoffish with Vienne. Except with Armand, it seems like it's in a different way. Like, it's not really about religion or something like that. She's just standoffish. Or she's just... Yeah. She's just hesitant towards people. Yeah. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed that scene because you get the first glimpse of kind of Vienne connecting truly with somebody other than that initial customer. Um, and like Armand is like a major character in this film. So <laughs> mm-hmm. and right away, they just seem to connect and bond. Mm-hmm. Hot chocolate will do that, I guess, you know, I mean, or I, any we've kind all of had hot chocolate that good, right? Actually, maybe not. Maybe not. I, I mean, that is something I will say, like, I want chocolate made by Vienne. It all right? looks so good. <laughs> Anouk comes home now, right? Because she's being made fun of at school. Or no, we get we go to school. We get a glimpse of Anouk at school, which mm-hmm. is the little girl. And she's being made fun of for having a single mom and an imaginary kangaroo friend. Yeah. She gets, she gets in trouble for fighting with some of the boys. And then when they're in their detention or whatever, they kind of just make fun of her and just by saying those things my parents said you've never had a father or you don't have a dad or whatever and i loved anuk's response though she's like i have a dad we just don't know who he is yeah and i loved that response and it, like you can't really tell if it bothers her or not but you kind of know that it's been normalized for her yeah and then we're back at the cafe with armand and vienne and caroline comes caroline comes back yeah and that's where we learn that Caroline is Armand's daughter, right? Oh, yeah. No, Caroline doesn't come back. We just talk about Caroline, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, we talk about Caroline. We learn that, yeah, Caroline is Armand's daughter and that um, they don't see, they don't really have a good relationship. Yeah. And so Armand doesn't get to see her grandson either. Yeah, because she disagrees with how Caroline is raising him and the strictness in the way she's raising him and then during that moment the woman with the sex chocolate comes back <laughs> i'll take all of the chocolate you have yeah that's my favorite yeah she's like do you have more of those like buttons or whatever she calls them she's like yeah how many would you like she's like how many do you have yeah <laughs> which love that moment <laughs> and then vienne goes and drops off some chocolates for josephine right so we see we see vienne and anuk enter josephine's husband's to me, it's a bar, and then later they call it a cafe. Yeah, I think it's probably just, like, um, different cultural references yeah, things. Yeah, okay. So, like, it's called a cafe probably in France, but, like, it it seems at night, at least, it functions as a bar. Mm-hmm. 
So I like how Anouk sits down. There's some men sitting at a table playing a game and gambling. And she sits down and joins their game because she knows how yeah. to play. Which I love that. I love yeah. it so much. Um, but another moment I really like is so Vienne introduces herself to Serge, who is um, Josephine's husband. And she's like, hi, I'm looking for Josephine. She's like, I have something for her or whatever. And he's like, I can give it to her. She's like, no, I'll give it to her myself. And just walks back. Mm-hmm. Like yep. walks back to the back of the like, uh, like the like cooking area, mm-hmm. their living area or whatever, to go find Josephine. I just, she's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> yep. And so she hands Josephine the chocolates, the same chocolates from the last time Josephine was in the shop. Yeah. And um, Josephine actually opens them and starts to eat one. And then her husband calls her name and, like, is looking for her. And she has to spit the chocolate out and try to, like, hide the fact that she was eating the chocolate at all. Yeah. So you really start to see this toxic relationship that Josephine is in. It's sad. It's a very sad scene. Yeah. And I think something about Vienne being there with Josephine and that she she kind of says, like, it doesn't have to be like this. Yeah. And then you start to learn, too, though, that so Josephine says you know he he says you're this and this and you learn that the mayor is talking about vn to all of the villagers and like very negative things about her Mm -hmm. there's the scene where vn talks to luke he's out sketching oh yeah 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 so she asks him if how much he would charge for a portrait and that she would like him to come to her shop one day and and draw a portrait but he's not allowed yes into into her shop and in that a- interaction as well, Luke hints that the mayor has been telling people not to come to her shop. And so that's what leads, that's finally the final straw that leads yeah. Vienne to go and confront the mayor. They have this, I mean, he's very calm through all of this, which is also just like one of those like, <laughs> for lack of a better word, fuck you moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I truly hate him. Like, he's the one going around telling these, like, ter- saying these terrible things about her. And then she comes and confronts him, rightfully so. And he's, like, pretending that he's the sane one here. <laughs> like, he's the calm one as she's yelling at him. And I just, like, oh, I hated that moment. <laughs> yeah, he's making it seem like she's the one overreacting. She's the one doing the bad things. He's, like, gaslighting her. Yes. Um, but then he promises that she'll be out of business by Easter. Which, like, yo, like, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> Such a jerk. So, yeah, it's a, it's a intense scene, and she, like, kicks the statue. It's also one of my favorite scenes, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, like, I don't know if it's the previous mayor or who it's supposed to be. It's some sort of, I assume, mayor figure. I don't know if it's him or if it's previous mayor. I don't know. Um, but she kicks it out of anger. Yeah, I think it is one of it's one of the previous mayors because he references his name and says the previous, you know, the mayor who I think is that statue had to protect his villagers from this. I only have to protect them from you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no challenge <laughs> you, at you all. You pose a much smaller threat. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we see Josephine back. So Josephine comes back to apologize for stealing, for stealing the chocolate before. Uh, she kind of talks about how there's like some rumors going around to not like always believe what people say about her um also there's just like a lot of sad moments with josephine at the beginning of this film yeah it's like 
it's very clear that she's unhappy with her life but I think at first she thinks that there's something wrong with her because she's unhappy because everyone around her is also living their life in these terrible ways but they don't seem like they seem fine with it so she's like it must be something wrong with me yeah yeah you you see how unhappy she is she like has this one moment where she says well you don't misbehave here there's there's a lot of see like those heavy expectations that this town puts on everybody yeah and that like josephine has never seen anybody go against that and even though she is kind of stuck and unhappy and doesn't feel safe this is what she's supposed to be doing yeah and then uh i don't know if there's a scene in between that you want to talk about but there is that scene where she's telling the story of her parents yeah the bedtime story yeah so um uh and nuke asks for uh the story a bedtime story about her grandfather and grandmother um, and Vian. You kind of start to learn more about who Vian is, who her mom was, the connection she had with her mom, and kind of a little bit of the reasoning why it's she goes from place to place. Yeah, because in this story you learn how her father went on an expedition to Mexico. Yeah, he was he was in medicine. Yeah. And so they were going to explore these like natural remedies and things from other countries. So that's where he tried chili and chocolate for the first time. And that's where he met Vien's mom Mm -hmm. and about how their relationship or romance, you know, it was he stayed with her. But people warned him that the mother was kind of a free spirit and would go wherever the wind carried her. Yeah, that like her people kind of, um, it's their duty almost to go from place to place sharing the remedies of cacao and like natural remedies of chocolate. Um, So they warned her that, you know, she would leave. And she did. Yep. Uh, With Vienne. Yeah, in the night one time she left with Vienne. And so you see how that mirrors the way that Vienne and Anouk have lived their life. Or you just assume that they have mirrored the same thing. One of the things I want to note, though, you never really learn about Anouk's father, which I appreciate in this film. You don't know whether, you know, he died or she did what her mom did and just kind of left. You never really learn about that. Um, But I think this story being told wants to make you assume that they just left in the middle of the night at some point. Mm. I, I would assume that it was that either like she left maybe even when she was pregnant or when Anouk was really young because Anouk doesn't know her father at all like she doesn't remember like because at least Vian has stories of her father like she kind of knows something about him but like it doesn't seem like Anouk does so like she might have never known her father yeah and maybe that's also why it's just so normalized to her yeah and also like again we it could also be another thing of like Vian never really had a relationship with the father Mm -hmm. like it was like a one night thing it seems (laughs) like they're kind of a free-spirited bunch so yeah. you don't you don't really know the story about Anuk, like Vian's relationship with Anuk's father, which I really like about this film. <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel like we needed it. Yeah, I really didn't th- like. It didn't feel like there was anything missing. Like I didn't spend the film being like, "What about Anuk's father?" <laughs> yeah, which I like because I feel like when you see a single mom or female character, it becomes so much about, "Well, where's the male counterpart?" Yeah, I don't care. And also, Anouk never brings it up. 
yeah. which I also love. Like, there's never a point where she's like, I wish I had a dad or I wish this, even when she's being bullied at school. Like, so I also, like, I really appreciate this film for just, like, fully normalizing single parents. <laughs> yes, in the year As, 2000. Like, yeah, in a sense that, like, no, there's nothing missing. Like, a single parent can be the full parent. Like, you don't, like, there's nothing missing. People aren't yearning for this other parent all the time. I'm sure it happens, but, like, you can have, like, this really strong relationship and family with one parent. Exactly. And then we, I don't know if there's a point in between this, but we have Vian invites Armand to the coffee shop, uh, like, without reason. Armand's wondering what's happening, and Luke shows up. Yeah, and we learned that the portrait that Vian wanted him to draw was of Armand. Which is, oh my god, like, Vian just, like, I need a Vian in my life. Right. <laughs> Who just solves my problems. <laughs> they kind of like bond a little bit. They actually don't get to any portrait drawing because they're talking the whole time. And you kind of start to realize that they actually have a lot in common. They're very similar people. And it's it's a very sweet relationship that forms. And it's it makes you even sadder that they've been apart this whole time because Caroline wasn't allowing uh, her mom to see her grandson. Um, but they have this really sweet like kind of relationship because they're very similar people. They're both kind of like darker like Mm -hmm. they have these like they like because in that first scene where we see luke drawing he's actually drawing a picture of a dead bird but then she also uh, in the scene we get uh armand gives luke this book of poetry but it's like dark poetry and you kind of see that they have so much in common and like luke doesn't i feel like luke at that point doesn't feel like such an outcast yeah because i feel like like he does yeah he feels like he's kind of found his people because he's never it doesn't seem like he's connected with his mom very much yeah and you never see his dad either or they never talk about his dad either do they yeah no i think they mentioned i think they mentioned she oh they do mention uh his father died she's a widow because that's why she's so protective over him she doesn't allow him to do anything right they mention it once yeah okay then we get into the scene with josephine in the night yes i will i just want to mention one thing before that made me so sad there's a confession scene in which Apparently, it's a sin to pray for animals because they have no immortal soul. And that makes oh, me really sad. Yeah. Dude, I just feel like this has nothing to do with food, but I feel like as vegans, we had to mention this. <laughs> <laughs> the man with the dog was talking about how he prayed for his dog, Charlie, for something. I can't remember what it was. And then the priest or pastor was like, you know, that's, it's a sin. You can't. You, it's a sin to pray for an animal. You're like flouting God's something and that because they, they have no immortal soul. And it just it makes me so sad. And I do think that that's also a moment, too, where you see, I don't know if it's because the priest is young and new or if he's just maybe a different kind of priest, but he's kind of even questioning what he's saying because by the end, he's just like, no, you have to do this. This is your uh, your punishment. Yeah, I do. I start you start to see little snippets, even like when it started when he was like humming uh Elvis that he's not as strict as the mayor wants him to be like yeah. he's he's more of a a modern priest for <laughs> 1959 <laughs> um, but yeah and then so we can go back Josephine in the middle of the night yeah so there's a scene where Vienne wakes up in the middle of the night because she can hear a banging at the door and she goes down and it's Josephine who has shown up in the middle of the night and said that she I did it I left he, he was drunk, but he, he woke up a little bit, but I was already packed and I, I just left. And then you also see this big uh, bruise and mark on her forehead where he has hit her. 
Um, but she's so proud of herself because she she, got, she left. Yeah, she did the thing that she thought she wasn't allowed to do, and Bien gave her that strength or that idea that she could do that. Yeah. And then the next day, you get to see you get a little glimpse. It's like maybe our second glimpse of, glimpse of some chocolate making because Vienne is teaching Josephine about chocolate making. Yeah, which I love. I love all the scenes where there's like teaching about chocolate making because yeah. there's a couple of them throughout the movie. I wish there was more because also chocolate making is such an art and such a I science. Know. Yeah. And then, so we have a scene basically where um, Serge, who is Josephine's husband, goes to the mayor and say that she left him. A very, very horrible scene to watch because he talks about how, like, the whole town's going to laugh at me. So he really doesn't care about his wife at all. It's more about how people perceive him. And then uh, we have the mayor come to Vienne's to basically fetch Josephine because she ran out on her, the sanctimate of marriage. Yeah, and so Vienne says, Josephine, can you come out here? And shows the the mark on Josephine's forehead and says, is this in the sanctity of marriage or something like that? And he just, uh, he apologizes and then he leaves and he starts on this quest to make Serge a better man in the eyes of God or a better representation of God. He tries to save him. So you have this like these contrasting montages of everyone in the town starting to like love the chocolate and enjoying the chocolate and Josephine seems happy. And then you have the mayor trying to train Serge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's a Which, dog or something. I mean, kinda is. <laughs> no offense, dogs. No, dogs are better. No, yeah, dogs are better. There was this uh one scene, I think, in that like montage of scenes and confession is also like in that montage of scenes where somebody says the chocolate like tortures you with pleasure and I'm just like Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like you start to see people like really falling for it. And feeling like they're not allowed to. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause, you know, Lent is still going on. Okay, and then we finally we're about an hour into the movie before Johnny Je- Johnny Depp shows up. Yeah. I love Johnny in this film. I guess because you always liked Johnny in this film, I thought he was going to be a bigger part of it. So the whole hour of just like these female characters is like, this is great. Is Johnny showing up? I don't even care. But yeah, I think this that's what I, I think people also like they expect more too because he's also on the cover of like yeah. the poster of this film. But I love that he's not like this major plot line. Like he's kind of a subplot to the main plot of it's just Vian with it like basically trying to change this town um but johnny depp shows up and he's just like like he's a he's a pretty important part of the plot line for the later half of the film but he's not the plot line which i really enjoy yeah like it's not this it doesn't turn into this love story no which i think that the cover of the movie is super misleading but whatever you gotta do to make people watch the movie i get i get how clickbait thumbnails work i'm assuming it's a marketing thing yeah. this was like 2000 johnny depp was pre- pretty popular at that point you know and like people do like a love story i feel like it was a catch just like get people in to watch the movie because it really isn't that like if you looked at the cover of this movie you would assume it's this like romantic kind of film but it i mean it is a romance film but like not in the sense that the poster is trying to make you believe it's more of a romance between vienne and herself kind of in a way yeah yeah i would say johnny's like a c plot 
maybe a B plot. <laughs> yeah, he's just a subplot that like is a welcome subplot. I really do enjoy this subplot. And it adds to the main plot about like Vian being this kind of outsider. But it's not the main plot, which I really appreciate. Yeah. So like branching off that, the reason that he adds to her being an outcast is because he's kind of a similar character as she is where mm-hmm. he and his group of people are kind of painted as quote-unquote pirates or river rats as they call them because they come in like these a bunch of boats and they'll just dock yeah near the village they don't necessarily have one home they just kind of go from place to place yeah traveling with their boats and people don't like them like they have a bad rep in the eyes of this very conservative village i know that's hard to believe (laughs) so hard to believe (laughs) Um, But Vienne comes and she's like basically the only villager that's welcoming to them in any way. Yeah. And my favorite part of that scene is when he's showing, I guess he's showing them these little things that he sells, right? Yeah. It's like necklaces or something. Yeah. With some kind of gems on them. Yeah. And they're talking about the price and then she's like, oh, I'm not sure if we're going to get any. And then the mayor is standing up on the hill and sees Vienne talking to Rue. His name's Rue. And then she's like, we'll take two. (laughs) And she buys the two. And Rue looks up and sees the mare and looks back at Vienne. And she's like, okay. (laughs) See what's going on here. Yeah, just to spite the mayor. Yeah. 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 You kind of start to see that, like, they're kind of uh, similar. They're similar people in a sense that they go against the grain a little bit. But they're not bad people. No, they're just not afraid to be themselves. Yeah, exactly. And they don't live by excluding people. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then we have Serge who comes to apologize to Josephine. He's got his suit on and his flowers because that's what... He's a changed man. Yes. That's all it takes. (laughs) Just got to dress nice. It's teaching you how to hold a spoon when you drink soup um, Mm -hmm. and teaching you about sin. Yeah. So he (laughs) says, God has made him a changed man. And he apologizes for everything. And Josephine accepts his apology. But when he talks about coming home, she says no. The best moment of the film, in my opinion. Yes. Yes. I was so afraid she was going to buy that. Yeah, because like you kind of like Josephine is you in this moment, you kind of learn that she's built this kind of independent strength away from her marriage. And just the like, I don't know how long it's been. It's hasn't been that long um because this whole film kind of takes place over the course of like five weeks Mm -hmm. um so you don't really know how long it's been but she's already built this kind of like independent strength where she's like no i i like my life now and she's confident enough to say that she like confident enough to refuse her old life even though it's what's expected of her yeah and he's like well we're still married in the eyes of god and then she's like then god must be blind which love it <laughs> because and yeah it's like just because you're married doesn't mean that marriage is a good thing yeah and she closes the door yeah um and then we get to um a drunken surge later that night we're sp- i assume I, I think it's right after because you have this little r- really really short scene where the town is holding a meeting about rue and his crew yeah yeah, yeah, and yeah. saying that they're going to have to do something about it. And then it cuts to Serge breaking into the chocolate shop in the apartment at night drunk. Yeah, drunkenly, yeah. Just like kind of yelling, looking for Josephine, essentially. Yeah, so he finds 
like the door to their apartment and where the bedroom is and on the other side Josephine and Vienne are trying to like move a dresser in front of the door to keep him out and all these things he breaks in he attacks Vienne and Josephine at one point the only way they can get out of it because he's like on top of Vienne so Josephine hits him with a skillet because he's like he's saying all these terrible things about her that she's not even a good woman she's not a good wife can't even cook with a skillet yeah and so it ends up that she hits him in the head with a skillet and he falls over and it's like i I am good with a skillet actually (laughs) (laughs) so great (laughs) and i think that like that moment is like when you like you see it at the door where she kind of refuses to go back with him but then at that moment you kind of realize josephine has found her strength truly she is now a strong independent woman yeah, and that was truly terrifying. Yeah. And I guess they must have dragged him back out into the town yeah, yeah. courtyard. Just because, outside the shop type thing, yeah. Yeah, because then the mayor finds him there in the morning before church. Yeah. And then that kind of leads into what you were mentioning. There's like um, a boycott. It's called Boycott Immorality, where they boycott like a bunch of businesses in town, basically all the businesses except beyond's. Uh, refuse to serve these quote-unquote river rats Mm -hmm. and part of that whole boycott is caroline going around handing out the flyers instead of going to her hair appointment where luke thought that she would be so that he wouldn't know he was hanging out with armand at the cafe so he gets busted Uh, but that's also the scene where there's this (gasps) moment between caroline and armand where she reveals that Armand is pretty sick with advanced diabetes. Yeah, so you, like, I think this whole time you're kind of, like, painted as Caroline being a pretty shitty person. But then you learn there is, like, not to excuse what she does, but there is kind of, like, a back history to this where she just cares about her mom a lot and she doesn't like to, like, she believes her mom is essentially killing herself. Mm-hmm. And she wants her mom to kind of like check into some kind of care home to take yeah. care of because she is sick. And of course, Vienne didn't know any of that. Armand didn't tell her. So after that whole confrontation, Armand kind of just leaves. I think she's pretty embarrassed and gets really defensive and just kind of leaves. Yeah, she basically like she storms out saying it's my life, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, which I mean, again, is true. Yeah, I also do like Armand in this moment a lot because it is her life, you know, like she can decide how to live it and how she wants to. And then we got uh, Ruse going around with this little girl. No idea who this little girl is. Uh, basically looking for like a glass of water or something to eat or whatever. And he's going to all different businesses and they're turning him away because of the boycott going around. Um, but then he makes his way to the chocolate tree um, and Vienne welcomes them in. Yeah, it seems like the little girl was maybe having a stomach ache or something. So Vienne gives her this cacao leaf that comes from the cacao tree, yeah, I think. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And so she eats it to help with her stomach. And, uh, of course, Vienne has to do her little trick. Like, uh, I can guess your favorite, favorite. chocolate. Yeah. So she gives him one and he takes a bite and he says, It is good, but it's not my favorite. And it, for the first time, Vienne is stumped. Yeah. And then because the door is still broken from when Serge broke in, Rue agrees to help, even though he's like, well, the mayor doesn't want you to. And Vienne's like, I don't care. 
I'll pay you for your work. I would I would like your help. Yeah. And then that goes into oh, the great great Satan uh serum. I don't know what they're called. Uh speech at a church. I don't really know what those are called. The sermon, right? The sermon, that's it. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Um so the mayor writes this. You you see throughout this film that the mayor is very controlling over everything in this town he he owns a bunch of the property so a lot of the people are his tenants he writes the priests or pastors serums for him essentially or like the priest will write something and then he'll just like drastically edit it so like he's very controlling over what is said what is done all that kind of stuff in this town and he writes this like really really intense serum that kind of equates the end to being satan it's like basically saying intense. like satan is among us yeah and, and serving like us chocolate in, in the in the most uh innocent of ways and just serving you chocolate i do like this moment because the priest is so hesitant to say it you can really see that he dis- he disagrees with what the mayor's doing and the mayor's just sitting in the front seat so happy with himself <laughs> mouthing the, the words, words as the priest is reading them Ugh. We have this moment where you kind of actually see Vien show some despair or that like all of this is kind of getting to her when she's talking to Armand. Yeah. About everyone just being against her and how is she going to get past this? And Armand is kind of like, well, I I don't care. I don't. You know what you're going to do? You're going to throw me apart. <laughs> yeah, I love Armand. <laughs> Which is like, I I don't know how that's going to solve the problem, but it's a good distraction. Yeah. And she does mention, she's like, no one will come to a party that I'm hosting. And she's like, no one needs to know who's hosting it. So I love that. So like, in a way, Armand is now kind of helping Vienne. Like, Vienne is getting the help that she normally gives out. Yeah. Which I kind of love this, like a little, little full circle moment. Vienne still needs a little bit of help here and there. Yeah, and Vienne also, you know, feels bad that Armand is sick and not getting the help she needs. So they kind of make a deal that for Armand's 70th birthday, they'll do this big party. And then she promised that she'll go and check into a home or get some help for her health. Yes. Um, So she invites a bunch of people to this party. She invites Luke. Yeah. And she invites Rue. She goes down to the boat to personally invite Rue. And brings another chocolate, his favorite chocolate. Or is it? So we think. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, so again, really enjoys the chocolate. It's not his favorite, though. So again, Vienne still has this challenge she has not overcome yet. Mm-hmm. And then we finally get another cooking scene. Yeah, which I love this cooking scene. Because you got, you got like Josephine helping and everything. And you get kind of just little glimpses of how they are using chocolate throughout all the dishes Mm -hmm. yeah you really see there's like chocolate in this like there's chocolate is heavily present in this very savory looking meal and you're like dang i want to try that yeah but yeah so you'll see like there there's this like chocolate sauce they're pouring over like they have like chicken or some or turkey or something like like chocolate gravy yeah and it looks so weirdly good like it's going over lamb too and like it just it looks so cool and you get this really nice food moment that i feel like is one of those moments where they don't really talk much about the food but they don't have to because the food is just like the way the characters are portraying how they're eating it or the like the shots they're doing of the food it just is good it speaks for itself Mm -hmm. and it's not it's not a big party it's all of those people 
who have had moments in the shop. So like the couple, couple that buys the cacao nibs. And then you have... The older couple the, as well. Yes, the older couple. And who aren't technically friends. a couple. They're just two people, but... Yeah, yeah. And then you have... Luke doesn't show up at first. You have Vienne and Josephine and Anouk. And then Rue shows up. And everyone gets real nervous. <laughs> but they're just kind of like, it's fine. Yeah, they just kind of went with it. I think Armand's like, it's my party. Yeah. I invited him. You got a problem? Yeah, love Armand. Like, I guess not. Yeah. And uh, everyone's kind of like, well, where where's Luke? I thought Luke was coming. And so you see the scene back at Luke's house where Caroline comes into his bedroom and he's hiding under his sheets and she's, Luke, what's wrong? What's wrong? Oh, Luke's not there. <laughs> it's paper. He ran away. <laughs> so yeah, Luke obviously had to, had to sneak out of his house. So which is why he was running a little late. Yes. So he shows up at the party with a gift for Armand, which she said there wasn't supposed to be gifts. Oh, but it's the sweetest gift. It's the portrait that he's been drawing, and it's so good. And you kind of see Armand just kind of, like, uh, loses her, like, wall a little bit. Yeah, she's a little softer. Her, like, yeah, where she's just like, oh, you made me look younger and very stoic. And she's just so thankful. It's so sweet. It's such yeah. a sweet moment. Uh, it is during this moment, too, where you start seeing everybody's faces while they're eating the food. And I'm just like, that scene I thought was so well done because you really don't, it doesn't show the food at all during that point. It's just people eating it and you get, and it conveys it so well about how good the food is. And I think you can kind of like see some chocolate on some of their faces. <laughs> it's just, it's, I love that scene so much. It's just so like, it's, you don't, for a food movie, like, I mean, I know it's just loosely food themed. It's not really a food movie, but like you don't. The fact that they didn't even, like, they showed the food previously, but in that moment, they didn't show the food at all. I thought it was just such a bold thing to do because, like, you rely everything on the way people are portraying how much they're enjoying the food. And it was such a good scene. Mm -hmm. And then they reveal that, oh, there's no dessert at this chocolate party. <laughs> the dessert is on Rue's boat. And then Armand has another moment of, if you have a problem with it, see me or something like that. Yep. We go down to the boat. Everyone's having a lot of fun, it seems. Music's playing. They're dancing. It honestly seems great. I want to go to one of these boat parties. Mm -hmm. And uh, Caroline finds them, but she's kind of just like up on the hill. There's a moment where Caroline and Armand, their eyes meet. So they know that they've seen each other, but that's it. She Caroline doesn't just go walks and, away. Yeah, she yeah. doesn't go and get Luke. Yeah, so it is, it's an interesting moment and you come to learn uh a little bit more about why she did it later in the film and then serge shows the mayor and the mayor is like this something must be done yes then we get the party's kind of winding down uh rue and vian have this very romantic little boat ride um so cute um but then after that oh well you actually see for the first time you see vienne actually kind of break down a little bit more about her relationship with anouk and what anouk like because like, you've seen her kind of get mad at the mayor and all that kind of stuff but you don't really see her talking about her relationship with anouk and how anouk feels about everything that they do going from town to town and you see her kind of break down a little bit and cry saying anouk hates it like she hates that we move from place to place um and you kind of 
you see not that you don't see humanness from Vienne throughout this entire film but like it's a little bit more of just like she lets down her wall as well a little bit yeah I think for her to let her guard down in front of him too it was kind of like oh this is pretty serious you're just like we're just crying in front of this guy you just met yeah yeah and then they mack out yeah natural <laughs> progression natural <laughs> progression yeah um so then uh you the next scene you see uh rue hearing something outside going on uh you he gets out of the boat you see this kind of like warm haze in the sky um it doesn't really like you can kind of assume what it is but it doesn't really explain what it is until he wakes up beyond they go running and you discover the boat's on fire yeah and it's the boat that so when all the dancing ended and Vienne and Rue went off on their separate boat, Josephine and Anouk were sleeping on one of the boats. And you did see this little, little hint of somebody pouring a bunch of gasoline around the boats and the docks and stuff like that. So when they wake up and see everything's on fire and one of the boats that has floated away is far away and really on fire, uh, Vienne jumps into the water and starts swimming towards it because... Anouk and Josephine are on that boat. I have to go save them. Rue jumps in after her. He tells her to stop. They're not that close to the boat at that point. And then the boat explodes. And it's a heartbreaking moment. Yeah. She gets back on land and she's just absolutely distraught as anyone would be. And then you hear Anouk calling because she wasn't on that boat and she's okay. Yeah, so we don't really learn how she got off or anything like that, which isn't the point anyways, but Josephine and Anouk are fine, and there's this very sweet moment of uh, Vienne just, like, kissing Anouk on the ground, and Anouk being like, you're hurting me. Yeah. <laughs> Anouk don't really understand what her mom kind of just went through. Yeah. So there's, like, that moment where you think Anouk and Josephine might have just died, but they're okay and then you have this other moment with luke and armand where he is he's he took her back to her house to go to sleep and she's like oh maybe i'll sleep in my chair tonight yeah so he's, he's kind of helping her clean up yeah he said i'll do the dishes you don't worry so he's washing the dishes and i think he hears the cat meow or something like that so he goes in to check on her and she has passed yeah it's it's a it's sad but it's also kind of like in a way, I don't know if you feel this way, but you're almost glad because she was so she so didn't want to go to that like home. And it's almost kind of like she got to end her life how she always wanted to was just like having fun and enjoying herself and not having to in this place where she didn't want to be. So it's it's incredibly sad. And it's especially sad that Luke is the one there, of course. But it's also kind of a happy moment in a way. Because she... And, like, she also kind of had this final moment with Caroline where they I, they meet their eyes and, like, Caroline doesn't do anything to stop them or, like, confront them, which I think she would have normally done. So you kind of get this... It's not quite this healed relationship, but you get this point of where they've just kind of... She's just like, I'm just going to let this happen. And it's a little bit of a okayer moment between Caroline and Armand. Which I think leads into... I don't know. There was something about Caroline's reaction when Luke goes and finds her and tells her what's happened. And she was even out trying to fix Luke's father's bike. Which is, yeah. So I think that's where you kind of learn why Caroline didn't come to the boat and like take Luke away is because she kind of saw how happy he was. Yeah. 
and she has to kind of stop protecting him so closely. So she's fixing up this bike because she's like, your father would have wanted you to ride it. So I thought I, I'll fix it up for you so you can have it. And then of course, you know, they hug and cry yeah. and it's all sad. Um, and then we're back with Vien, who she has after the funeral for Armand, she has these moments where the wind tells her things. The wind is like calling her. Like that's kind of part of the story that we learned of her mother that they kind of go with the it's like the north wind or something like that yeah i feel like she has attributed that wind to being her mother's presence yeah telling her something yeah and so when she feels these winds it means it's time for her to go so she starts packing and josephine finds her packing yeah also at this point too it happened just before this rue came to tell her that he was leaving not that I don't think this necessarily has anything to do with her wanting to leave, but he also he comes to just check in on her and Anouk to make sure they're okay and to let him know that you know we need to leave we can't like we can't be here anymore their boat literally just set on fire yeah and he's kind of like this is what we do we we carry on and then I I kind of I liked that too because like she's obviously sad because she has this connection with this person. But she sat in the moment and it doesn't become this dwelling thing of she misses this man. <laughs> but yeah, she, she starts packing up. Yeah, Josephine doesn't want her to go because Josephine doesn't really know if she can still kind of be this woman that she's become without Vienne there and kind of questions everything that Vienne has taught her and told her. And so the plot twist really is Josephine going to Caroline at this point. Interesting, yeah. And asking her for help. Uh, so we don't really know what's going on with that, but it's just left that at that. And then Serge goes and talks to the mayor and confesses that he was the one that set the fire. And the mayor is like, this is, that's not, that's not what you were supposed, people could have died. That is not what God or I wanted you to do or told you to do. So he kicks them out of the town. This is, I think, the start of a little bit of a breakdown for the mayor. <laughs> yes, yeah, because then he also... He goes to the church and stuff like that. And you can just, yeah, he's starting to spiral because he's like all of this resistance and everything, everything's falling apart. Nothing is good. Yeah. He's like, like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, but nothing's good is happening. Yeah. I don't feel good. <laughs> but we have this moment where so Anouk and Vian are leaving, but Anouk doesn't want to. They're fighting. They're fighting um, on the stairs. Yeah. And then I guess one of the bags opens up and her mother's ashes break on the stairs. It's a very sad moment. Anouk kind of like brushes them up into like a new part of the urn that had broken and like apologizes to her mom and be like, okay, yeah, we can go. It's it's okay. But you hear, they kind of pause because they can hear talking and laughter. So they go and walk down to the kitchen and all of those people who you know have been enjoying the chocolate shop all along and then also caroline are there with josephine making chocolate mm -hmm. um and you kind of this is like the very first instance like i think it's the first signal like people in the town have obviously been starting to accept her before that but i think caroline being there was like a big sim symbol to like oh my god i won over carolyn mm -hmm. <laughs> Like, it's like the town finally accepted her, even if the mayor hasn't. Yeah, and you kind of, I, 
in that moment when like Vienne is seeing it all and Josephine is like are these almonds sliced okay and things like that you still don't really know if Vienne is okay or not like she's kind of just watching it and she looks sad and she looks happy but you're not really sure which way she's gonna go with it you know because she it almost seems like it's so unfamiliar to her that she doesn't know how to react yeah and then we have the mayor again (laughs) (laughs) continuing on his crisis who i guess thinks he gets some sign from god that he needs to break into the chocolate shop and start destroying the display in the front window and as he's you know breaking all this chocolate a piece of it flies up onto his lip and he tastes it I will say the only scene I did not need to see in this film was no. the close-up of his mouth. I don't need a close-up of his mouth like that. <laughs> right? And then once he gets that just little taste, he goes into just a chocolate frenzy, eating everything he can find in that display window until he starts laughing and then crying and then passes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, like, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So in the morning, uh, the priest and Vienne find him there. And, you know, obviously he feels ashamed and guilty. But Vienne says, I won't tell a soul. That's a, let's get you cleaned up for church. Yeah. Vienne still in this moment is like the most welcoming people person. Yes. <laughs> to this person who's been like trashing her and calling her Satan for like weeks. Exactly. She just forgives him or wants to help protect him. Yeah, and for the first time, the priest is allowed to say whatever he wants during church. Which I I really like the message of his sermon at the end. Me too. Is, oh my goodness, I loved it. It kind of talks about how we can't go on measuring our goodness by what we don't do. We should, or by Until what we, we deny exclude. ourselves. Yeah. We should measure our goodness by what we embrace or what we do. And what we create and what who we include. Yes. And I loved it so much so good i really do like the priest character like he doesn't really get a ton of moments to shine but even throughout the film you know what he you can tell that he doesn't like what he's doing until this moment and he's gonna have a moment like josephine did where he breaks past that previous mold and becomes this new version that the town just doesn't know they need and this is Easter, by the way. This is now the Easter, Easter Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. yeah, Easter Sunday Mass. Um, and basically, so like that Mass is done and it kind of like gets to the end of the film where uh, Vienne hosts this chocolate festival on Easter Sunday. Um, where there's like street performers and she's going around handing out chocolate. And the mayor kind of finally feels like he's like released all the expectations of himself. Yes, he's kind of finally, he's wearing a different suit, right? You just, he feels more relaxed. He's trying some of the dessert. And there is also a moment earlier on where Caroline tells him, because there's this running thing where his wife is in Italy. Is vacationing in Italy. And keeps extending her trip. And there's this moment where Caroline tells him, no one will think differently of you if you say she's not coming back it's yeah, okay because you learn throughout the film that she might not be on vacation she's probably she actually just left him yeah yeah or maybe it started as vacation and then she actually just didn't come back yeah <laughs> 
so in this end scene at the festival when the mayor is enjoying a slice of I don't know, it looks like a chocolate tart or oh, cake it or looks something. So good. Yeah. He's standing behind beside Caroline and you hear in the narration that it took six months for him to then ask her out to dinner. Yeah, so sweet. Yeah, this is where the narration starts up again and they kind of like it's like those final like, oh, this person is at this point and like Josephine has now taken over the cafe or the bar. Uh, she's taken over the lease and runs it herself, and it's called Cafe Armand, Perfect. which is so sweet. And we kind of get this final moment of Vian and her mom, where so the wind blows again. It's that special wind. The wind is calling to her again, but she kind of makes, in that moment, decides, no, we're going to stay. Yeah, it's okay if we don't go on and try to solve more people's problems. Yeah, so she's, as the wind blows, she's releases her mom's ashes into yeah. the north wind so that i don't know if it was like a i don't know what you necessarily took of it but like maybe it was like her mom can go on in like spirit with the wind type thing um but it was a very it's a very nice conclusion to all of this mm-hmm. and then at the, the final scene is rue showing up again he has returned because he's just like he catch she catches him fixing the door a little bit the squeak in the door and then they have some hot chocolate together and it turns out that that's his favorite and rue finally says "Mm, my favorite or something like that and vian says i know (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a very sweet ending um but yeah this is long episode but that's kind of our what did Devin? so as someone who watched this movie for the first time now what did you think of this movie at first very frustrating like because of all the religious undertones and all this idea of like you have to restrict yourself in order to live life um, live a pure life yeah but i mean by the end obviously because a happy ending and everything i really liked it and like we talked about i like the strong female characters i like the growth of the character female characters who thought they were stuck in these molds like with josephine even with the priest to a certain extent with vienne like all of these characters have growth that defies what the norm was before Vienne came to this village. And I also, I like the underlying message of how a food can bring people together. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think one of the things that I love is that, like, other than the mayor, the main characters are all women. Like, you've got Vienne and her daughter. You have Josephine, who, like, Serge is also there, but he's by no means a main character. He's basically just, like, what Josephine's character needs to get over in order to finally be herself. you got Josephine. You've got Armand. You've got Caroline. Like, I would say the biggest main character is the mayor and Luke of, of the two men. Um, but I just love there's so many strong women in this film, and there's so many, like, this is a film about women, <laughs> through and through yeah and just like the community feeling that you get from them like as vian and josephine and amon build that bond and how that bond grows and then brings in others throughout the movie Mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's such a it's a really good film highly recommend watching it it is frustrating at parts for sure especially if you have depending on your relationship with religion or spirituality or whatever it is a very frustrating film to watch but i think it is it's such a good message for women it's such a good message about your faith 
and how like certain aspects of it and things like that. I think it's it's a it's it's a really really good movie and I would highly recommend watching it. Again, it's not like it's food themed. It's called Chocolat, but it's not really a food movie in a sense. It's no. more of a women movie. Yeah, <laughs> like a women's it. coming of age or kind of Yeah. But it'll still make you want chocolate for sure. Oh, 100%. I want those was it they were called nipples of Venus? Yeah. <laughs> I want those. They just look like a Hershey kiss with a little bit of white chocolate on the tip. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually another moment that I really enjoyed is that like she's just so herself. Like she's in a conservative town and she called her chocolate nipples of Venus, which I love 100%. Like yep. so great. Just normalizing things everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a really great movie. Highly recommend it. Um, I want to know if anybody else has seen this movie, what your thoughts are, what your... Uh, did you enjoy it? All that kind of stuff. And like drop us a voice message if you have or an email or a DM. Yeah. I mean, we're on social. We're Two Market Girls. You can DM us there. If you want to email us, twomarketgirls at gmail.com. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future podcast episodes where we talk about more food movies or shows or documentaries. Yeah. Send us Let any. us know if there's a food movie, yeah. Yeah, because I think also we've talked about this movie on Patreon before. So, yes. Yeah. Let us know. And if you want to check out any of our recipes, some of them have chocolate in them. They're at twomarkgirls.com <laughs> or twomarkgirls on YouTube. Okay, let's go have some chocolate. Oh, yeah. I could go for a mocha right now, like hot chocolate and coffee. I will say that hot chocolate in this film, I wanted so badly. 